Hey everybody, this is Hunt. This is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 122 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. The name of this episode is Are You Working Too Much? And this is something I have been thinking about lately and has also come up into my mind and ether just from some of the books I've been reading and some of the podcasts I have been listening to and studying and some of the mentors that I look up to and follow. And the basic notion is that as entrepreneurs, as high performers, we are always looking to squeeze everything we can out of every single hour in the day to be as maximally productive, maximally engaged, and basically take everything to the limit. That's how my brain works. And if you're listening to this podcast, probably yours too, because you are inclined to be the best version of yourself and be a high performer and tune yourself into having an edge in every area of your life. And so oftentimes we can get in these grooves where we are working all the time and it really starts to wear on us. And then before you know it, you're working too much. And as much as I am a person that wants to take everything to the brink and wants to give it my all, we have to understand that in order to get everything that we can possibly give out of ourselves, we can't actually work too much. Now that sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like the more you work, the more you will have payoff in whatever you're doing. And to a certain extent, that's true, but there is this point of diminishing returns at which we can work and then it starts to cause deleterious effects on not only our business, our career, our job, whatever it is we're working at, but then also other areas of our life. And then before you know it, and oftentimes very quickly, things can spiral out of control and you don't seem to have control of things anymore. And you wonder what happened. And that can often, I know in my life, be attributed to overwork and then it causes stress in these other areas of your life. And then ultimately you become out of balance. And everybody talks about work-life balance. I don't know that that's so much a thing, but there is a balance of being a human and balance of being in harmony with all of your systems, your spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, physiological, all these different systems. So that's going to be the gist of the episode today. And before I get into everything and really start breaking down the meat and potatoes, just wanted to say, as always, I send, send you my sincerest gratitude for listening to this. If you get any sort of benefit whatsoever, all I ask is that you leave a like, leave a comment, leave feedback, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening to, because that really helps the show and it helps get the message out to other people that also would enjoy this type of content. So I view this as a project that is my creative energy that I put into the world to help other people and help other people grow. And if you get any sort of benefit of that whatsoever, leave me feedback, let me know, and then also let me know how I can make it better and make it more accommodating to the people that are listening to it. So that being said, let's go ahead and jump on in and start asking ourselves, are we working too much? So I kind of categorized this into the idea that I heard somebody else say, I didn't coin this myself, 
But basically, it's this idea of the cult of overwork. And we all know what this is. So in today's world of people being on social media and you have Instagram, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. It is trendy to grind. So it's trendy to always be on the grind, always let other no people know you're working. And you know, it's kind of funny that this is something that you see across social media, your biggest influencers. I won't name any names, but you can pretty much guess who they would are be in the world of entrepreneurship, self-help, all that stuff. And it's very trendy and cool for these people to let everyone else know how much they're working, which I don't doubt that people with success are working hard. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. However, what has happened is this aspirational culture that social media has created where we're always looking to other people to have the lifestyle and the money and the fame and the power and the houses and the cars that they all have all of a sudden becomes trendy to be grinding and working all the time. And what is funny about this is that the people that are posting this are constantly having to remind us that they are working. Part of their work is reminding us that they are working. Now, again, nothing against them. We are all in the system that we are in, in which the internet is a way that people make money and have businesses. And that's 100% fine. And I don't even really have a problem with these people that do this, the only problem I have is that they glorify this idea of grinding to other people. And it creates the misperception that if you're grinding all the time, you're doing the right thing when that necessarily isn't the case. And it leads to this method of thinking that we, if we aren't hustling, then we aren't making progress. So think about that. The cult of overwork that is perpetrated through the lens of social media, influencer culture nonsense has created this idea in our head that if we aren't hustling, we aren't making progress. And would that exist if there was no social media? So social media? Probably. However, it has only made it worse because it allows us to get sucked into these things where oftentimes I don't try, I try not to do this, but you're looking on these platforms in your free time. And you're getting more anxious because you're looking at other people that are spending their time working, reminding you how much they're working. And then therefore you feel bad about yourself, at which point you decide that you want to buy their stuff. Now, is that wrong? No, not in and of itself. That's their business model. And people buy from them and they get results. That's great. Because at the end of the day, business is all about serving your customer, point blank, period. However, this is where we find ourselves in 2021 with the cult of overwork, particularly in the realms of entrepreneurship, high achievers, high performance, most likely if you're someone listening to this podcast. And what do we get from the cult of overwork? Well, a lot of people do it. And again, I'm no stranger to this myself. I find myself working all the time. And a lot of times it's just because that's how I'm wired. That's how I was raised. But I think for me, a lot of times I do this for respect from others. So I do these things because I think that working hard is virtuous, which it is. And that if I do that more than other people, and if I do it all the time, that I'm going to get more respect from others. Thereby, more people are going to like me. Thereby, I'm going to have a better life because more people like me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Also, to get into a little bit of the history, this cult of overwork really is something that was created when we were younger, when we were put through school. And if you think about it, this idea of going through school is really more of a product of the industrial age in which people were basically turned into modern day serfs where they went and worked at a factory for long periods of time during the day and then went home and went to bed. And I mean, you can go back into the hundreds and thousands of years ago, people were peasants and they also did the same thing. But this notion of overwork is really built into our socialization when we were younger, because when we're five years old, where is historically a five-year-old probably wouldn't have been going to school. They would have been with their family doing stuff, obviously doing stuff that was working, but they wouldn't have spent this whole eight to 10 hour structure day in a school setting. And so this was created and it's how we're socialized. And I look back on my life, especially because I was someone that played a lot of sports. For me, school was, I went to school at 7.30 or eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't get home till 7.30 or eight o'clock at night. And then I did homework until I went to bed. And that was just life. And so what that does over time is it socializes us to be in an environment like that. And then if we are removed from that environment, then we don't feel normal. Again, this is not inherently a bad thing. It's just what it is. And then it leads to this cult of overwork idea that we have in our lives that if we're not grinding, then we aren't making progress. And I'm saying all this because ultimately it's going to come down to creativity versus productivity. So you can spend 10 to 12, 14 hours a day doing something that may be productive. So you could be digging ditches for 14 hours a day and you would be working really hard. The problem is you would not be compensated very well for digging those ditches because that's not a high, highly skilled, high order of thinking activity that generates lots of revenue. And so when we look at overwork, we have to look at it in the sense that a lot of times we are sacrificing creativity for productivity. So we may be spending a lot of time feeling like we're being productive when a lot of time we're sacrificing the creativity that our brain would be able to have if we are removing ourselves from doing monotonous rote activities time and time again. And so it kind of boils down to this idea of how much time are we working versus how much time are we producing? And what are we focusing on when we're working? Because we can say we're working, we can be in an office somewhere doing something, but is it really producing anything? And I want to contrast this lastly, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but I want to contrast this in the industrial age versus the information age, because we are now pretty much transitioning fully into the information age. And the idea of work is going to be different in the future versus the industrial age, which is what we are coming out of and have been coming out of probably for the last 10 years, really, and fully transitioning into this information age. So I also wanted to talk about the health effects of overwork. So I've just got some notes here on a study that was done, and this was done in Japan. And there's J Japan is known for a lot of overwork-related deaths. But basically, this study, uh, the objective was that cerebrovascular, i.e. strokes, and cardiovascular, i.e. heart attacks, and mental disorders, including suicide, are prevalent among overworked individuals in Japan. And the 2014 legislation regarding the prevention of overwork-related deaths and disorders has accelerated the research in this field and ultimately the implementation of preventative actions.
basically, what this study found was that the majority of people with these diseases were men in their 50s. And long working hours were the principal factor for these diseases. So the mental disorder cases comprised approximately 70% of men and affected younger age groups with various industries at risk. And the conclusion was that multiple simultaneous actions needed to be made by employees, employers, researchers, and the authorities to achieve the goal of reducing the number of workers suffering from overwork-related deaths. And the idea of this in Japan is called Kiroshi, which is basically just working until you're dying. So obviously it's a huge problem in Japan, but I don't think we are that much different here in the United States because we have something very, very similar, although it may not be as extreme as Japan. We do have this cult of overwork. And also I found this pretty interesting. There was another study from the University College of London compiled data on the relationship between working hours and heart attack risk in over 600,000 workers as well as similar data on stroke risk and over 500,000 workers. And what they did in this study is they adjusted their data to compensate for individual workers' differences due to health behaviors such as smoking, alcohol consumption, physical activity, and also adjusted for the presence of other cardiac risk factors such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and high cholesterol. And so once they adjusted for all of these different outstanding conditions, they found those that who worked more than 55 hours per week had a 13% greater risk of heart attack and were 33% more likely to suffer a stroke compared with those who worked 35 to 40 hours per week. So again, it doesn't seem like that's that much more, you know, 55 hours versus 40 hours per week. However, when you control for lots of these other activities, you are seeing a definitely a higher risk in terms of heart attack and then almost a one-third higher risk in terms of suffering a stroke. So this is real. This is not something that is kind of one of those cliche things you say like, oh yeah, you work, you're probably not going to be as healthy. It is real. And especially when you adjust for even adjusting for cardiac risk factors, but also health behaviors and physical activity. And also what I wanted to talk about is kind of how overwork can devolve and affect all these other areas of our life. So what happens is that when we overwork, usually the first thing to go is sleep. And so because we're trying to work so much that we're squeezing so much in in the hours that we're awake, we either cut our sleep short because we're working so much, or even worse, we are so wound up from work that it affects our sleep and we end up waking up to the middle of the night and we don't get to a deep sleep. And as I've talked about in numerous other health episodes that I've done, when you cumulatively remove quality of sleep over time, the quality of your life will get worse and worse. And I have seen this in my own life when I have had times where I'm not sleeping well, everything just starts to spiral out of control. And so I think one of the first consequences of overworking is when we push ourselves too hard at work is we affect our sleep. Then what does that do? Well, that leads to more stress. So we're stressed out from work, then we don't get sleep, and then we're more stressed because we're sleepy, plus we're working all the time. And so we're stressed. And then what does that do? Well, it leads to a poor body composition and poor diet. When we're stressed and we don't have sleep, we usually make worse decisions 
not always, but it's very, very tough because your brain works differently to eat the right foods and exercise to keep our body fat low. And then when that's the case, we have bad food. Well, then you have brain fog and your decision making becomes terrible and you don't make the right decisions. Then when you have brain fog and you don't make the right decisions, all of a sudden you have anxiety and you're worried about things and you're worried about work and you're tired and you're out of shape and you don't have self-confidence. And ultimately what it leads to is an imbalance. So your whole entire body, which is a physical vehicle as well as a spiritual vehicle, becomes out of balance. And all of these things start to, start to compound on themselves. And just as good things, we get good things, bad things, we get bad things. And it spirals, again, out of control. So I just want you to be aware of that. <clears throat> if you feel like you're working too much and you can't seem to get back on track and you don't know why, it's probably because all of these things are happening as a result of overwork. And I know in my life, when I have pushed myself too hard in terms of work, these are things that start to come up in my life and then things get much worse because the dominoes start to fall and they start to affect each other. So I talked about this a little bit in the intro, this idea of creativity versus productivity. So in our cult of overwork, lots of people, this is especially prevalent because I have a background in finance and I know a lot of people that work at banks, they spend a lot of butt time in the office, in the chair, showing that they're trying to do something. And this is really bad in the corporate world as you are trying to work your way up through something. But you spend a lot of butt time in the seat trying to prove that you're doing something right. When in reality, you may be able to get what you're doing done in three to five hours per day. What's even more important is that as we transition into information age, the brain creates best when it is relaxed. And so if we're always in a do, do, do state of doing, 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 our brain actually doesn't have time to throttle down and make connections between all the different things that we see and actually be creative to help us make breakthrough leaps that actually push us exponentially versus just making marginal increases by trying to work that extra hour, the extra 30 minutes and squeeze in more manual activity. And so I truly believe there's a time to push and a time to throttle the amount of work we're doing. And I think particularly if you are involved in some sort of higher intellectual work. And that doesn't mean you have to be at a computer all day, but even if you're running a business, that's very intellectually taxing. The truth is we can only really do this, I think about five hours per day. And I'll talk about that in a second, but just think how much time of your day do you work that you're actually wasting? Where you say you're working, you're at work or you're doing something that you think is related to work, but could really be eliminated. And this gets into, you know, like the 80-20 principle and all these different things. But just think about that and try to evaluate yourself. Now, to talk about the industrial age versus the information age. So we are coming out of a time where the last 150 to 200 years was known as the industrial age. And this was categorized by having very rote labor, mindless jobs, being outdoors or in a factory, and then also having it interspersed with breaks. And so maybe you worked at a factory and you were doing the same thing over and over again. And it might have been taxing on your body, but in terms of intellectual creativity, didn't require a lot per se. Well, now fast forward, we are firmly moving into the information age. And this requires much more mental capacity of much higher order thinking in terms of our brain. It's often indoors and it's often we are forced to concentrate. 
And so we're coming out of this system in which we think, okay, I'm going to be at this place for 10 to 12 hours a day, but your brain is not wired, nor does it have the capacity to be able to max out that much. And maybe you can squeeze it out with extreme optimization, but I still think over time you will probably get burnt out. So just think about that in the sense of a lot of times we're trying to imply or apply this industrial age framework to the information age type of jobs that we have. And there's just a mismatch there. Now, how many hours should we work? Well, it's funny. You look back at hunter gatherer tribes and I came across an article where they've done tons of studies on this. We oftentimes think of them having to hunt and gather the whole entire day. Turns out uh, they actually only work or were intently focused for three to five hours a day. But the rest of the time they were usually lounging, spending time with their family, what have you. As such, the secret to retaining usually the highest levels of productivity over the span of a workday is not working longer, but working smarter with frequent breaks. So they did a study with employees with the highest levels of productivity. They worked for 52 minutes with intense purpose then rested up, allowing their brains to rejuvenate and prepare for the next work period. And research suggests that in an eight-hour day, the average worker is only productive for two hours and 53 minutes. So think about that. Everything that goes into your workday, which often comes out to eight hours, 10 hours a day, the actual productivity you're getting out of that is two hours and 53 minutes. So imagine the waste. And even if you were going to push yourself to work eight hours, if you're not wasteful, what you can get done that's going to be three days of work to two to three days of work to another person's one where they're only active for just under three hours per day and productive. And I thought this was interesting. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American works 8.8 hours every day. Yet a study of full-time office workers revealed the following. So this is during that eight hours, what people spend their time doing. So one hour and five minutes was spent reading news websites. 44 minutes was spent checking social media. 40 minutes were spent discussing non-related work things with coworkers. 26 minutes were spent searching for new jobs. 23 minutes were taking smoke breaks. 18 minutes were making calls to partners or friends. 17 minutes were making hot drinks or coffee. 14 minutes were texting. Eight minutes were eating snacks. And seven minutes were making food. So out of those eight hours, how much of that is going to things that are just completely unproductive? And if you are actually focused, how you could eliminate these things and think about the one thing for the day that you need to work on. And so I've came across this, I think Tim Ferriss had this in the four hour work week, but basically what would you do if you could only work for four hours per day? So if for some reason you were handcuffed or you were put in prison and then you were only let out for four hours per day to do your work, what would you do and how would you get it done? And then to take that further, if someone was holding a gun to your head and you could only work four hours per week, what are the things that you would focus on? And I'm challenging myself to do this because I think it's a really profound exercise to be able to, not that we only have to work four hours per week, but if we could condense down what we are doing and what actually moves the needle and do that in the four hours, how much more productive we can be. And basically when you are forcing yourself to do this, Again, it goes back to the idea of creativity where we're creating new neural pathways in our brain, thereby forcing us to solve problems creatively. And also it forces us to use leverage rather than brute force. I think hunter-gatherers. Hunter-gatherers didn't just sit in a tree and wait for things to come to them. They had to use leverage. They had to use tools. They had to use 
their creative capacities to go out into the woods and find the quickest way to get food. And they couldn't just sit there and wait for food to come to them. They had to go out there and get it in a very short amount of time. So really think about that and try to apply that framework for how you're working, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because so much of being an entrepreneur just ends up wasting your time and draining your energy. And so I put this quote in there. Leisure is only possible when we are at one with ourselves. We tend to overwork as a means of self-escape as a way of trying to justify our existence. So think about that. That's a great quote. Leisure is only possible when we are at one with ourselves. We tend to overwork as a means of self-escape as a way of trying to justify our existence. So think about that. Are you working simply to justify your own existence or are you working because you're actually being productive and it's actually moving the needle and getting to you to where you want to go in life. So that's my thoughts on overwork. It's something I'm going to be challenging myself in the future to move forward and be conscious of and cognizant of as I focus on growing, learning, and doing the best to be the best version of myself. So hopefully that was helpful to you. If you got any sort of value from it, let me know. Let me know your feedback and let me know how you implement these things in your own life to make it better. So I look forward to hearing from you soon and I will talk to you guys later. Peace.